From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled edition of In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. I am not only your baby-faced assassin of freedom, I am also your tour guide through the whacked-out world of the American left and the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. And believe me, it's not looking good for Joe Biden and all of his Democrat friends. We are six days, six wonderful days away from the moment of truth. That's when we kick out Democrats, we kick out the socialists, and we kick out a few rhinos along the way to get this country back on some serious footing and to get back on the right track. Yay happy. Now before we get into uh, all the fun news of the day, just wanted to let you know uh, you can still send us all kinds of questions and comments via email in blackandright at gmail.com or check out our website uh, in blackandright.net. Uh, just uh, put up some new interesting articles, and we'll get into some of it here, but you can also look on the website to see all the new things that we've put on our webpage for today. Now, folks, as I said, we're six days away, and I am very painfully aware, again, and, and I want to show some empathy here, that yes, we're, you're tired of the attack ads, you're tired of the misleading mailers that you get as your junk mail every day. You're tired of the mainstream media essentially continuing to pull their psyops, uh, lying to you, suppression polls, all these stories that, oh, the red wave's not coming. Folks, no. I warned y'all about that uh, like a couple of months ago uh, after the primary season. So, yes. It's still going on, and they're still trying to, at the last minute, come up with all sorts of things to ruin a whole bunch of races, so on and so on and so on. But as I'm looking at the real clear politics average for a lot of key races, in Georgia, Herschel Walker is up 1.6, uh, according to the real clear politics average. Uh, you have also uh, in Nevada, Adam Laxalt is about two points up uh, in that race. Ted Budd in North Carolina is up four and a half uh, points right now, according to the average. Uh, in Ohio, it's J.D. Vance, uh, who is up a little over two points in the RCP average, uh, and so on. So we've, And in Florida, Marco Rubio up eight points. Uh, in the RCP average of polls, in spite of Joe Biden's visit down to South Florida yesterday to help out poor Charlie Crist and Val Demings and all the other uh, Democrats who are running uh, here in Florida, uh, it ain't really helping. Uh, pretty much, it's not a question, really, of if DeSantis will win re-election. The real question is by how much. And... Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty trippy. 
but we're even seeing some things that, I mean, a lot of pollsters didn't expect. There are some races uh, for House seats, uh, even governorships uh, in places like New Mexico that's competitive. Oregon. Uh, we, Oregon, a place I know well, we could actually have a governor, a Republican governor, for the first time in 40 years. 40 years, folks! And believe me, I was a kid living in Portland when last time we had a Republican governor. That was the late Victor Atia. <laughs> and believe you me, I don't know, Drazen might not exactly be some folks' cup of tea, but frankly, uh, anything is better than communist COVID Kate Brown. And believe me, I'm glad she is term limited out because Oregon couldn't handle it. Now, of course, in Oregon, as pretty much it's the I-5 corridor that does a lot of the deciding. And it's the northern corridor from Portland and Multnomah County all the way down to Lane County, Eugene Springfield area. They're the dingbats who really screw it up for the rest of the state. But could there be a change in the air? I sincerely hope so. Considering that Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, has not only donated a million dollars to Christine Drazen's campaign, but also has given money to the Oregon Party, the Oregon Republican Party, which is like, why? Believe me. Yeah, I, when I heard some of that uh, from friends back at home, I thought, oh man, this has got to be worse than I thought. If Phil Knight, renowned lefty, the richest alum of the University of Oregon, and he's doing that, whoa, this does not look this does not look good for Democrats. But Oregon has a three-way governor's race, so we we don't know what the independent has done to Republican and Democrat votes, but hey, works for me, folks. Uh, even New York State, Kathy Hochul, a great article from the Washington Examiner, <laughs> has a, it's great, I, and I love it, I, I love the headline, Kathy Hochul learns from Terry McAuliffe how to lose a blue state, and I thought, ooh, that caught my eye immediately, considering what Terry McAuliffe did in 2021, that made it possible for Glenn Youngkin and the red wave hit, I mean, it was a red tsunami, really, in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Oh, pardon me, folks. So, yeah, this is interesting. Now, I, and I wanted to read a little bit uh, from this story because it's indicative of some of the mindset that a lot of Democrats seem to have that are kind of in their own world, they're disconnected from reality, and yeah, it's pretty nasty. Now, the set, it's kind of interesting because it starts out with the big reason why Terry McAuliffe lost Virginia last year. And this was the debate in prime time across the entire Commonwealth. Now, Glenn Youngkin, who was candidate Youngkin back then, uh, was listening to Terry McAuliffe, the former governor of Virginia, 
who was running for real, who was running again, and he made his notorious statement about kids and about parents and kids and schools and education. And he said, McAuliffe did, and I quote, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach, unquote. That one quote from one debate essentially put the nail in Terry McAuliffe's coffin. It did, because parents were absolutely outraged. And it was across the political spectrum. Then, of course, you had Loudoun County. Oh, yes, the, the most woke and whacked school district, probably in the country, when its school board, including its uh, superintendent, Scott Ziegler, denied, denied in front of a parent whose daughter was sexually assaulted by some mixed-up kid, a boy who thought he was a girl, goes into the girl's bathroom and proceeds to sexually assault this man's daughter, and the unmitigated gall of the Loudoun County School District and Ziegler, who denied that it happened, oh, and the, and the dad ends up getting a, put in handcuffs, I said, uh-uh, that, that's not justice. That is not justice at all. And then we find out, not too long afterwards, there was a paper trail. The school board knew about the, they knew about the incident. They knew it the day of. Everybody knew. And yet, they tried to sweep it under the rug. This is a classic example of why the cover-up is worse than the crime. So this kid gets quietly transferred, you know, tried to sweep it under the rug, and what happens? The dipstick kid tried it again at a different school in the district. Oh, my goodness. And yes, it came out. It came out big time. And parents were absolutely upset. And I mean outraged, like popping a blood vessel upset, that they not only were lied to, they were lied to twice. Twice. And this is what brought in the red wave in Virginia. Parents' rights is a huge issue. And for anybody to try and downplay it or devalue it, do so at your own peril. Because now you've got school board elections that are just as important as U.S. House seats and U.S. Senate seats. Now, this story again talks about Yokel. Uh, Hokel, not Yokel. Well, yeah, she's a mess. Anyway, so now here's Kathy Hokel, governor of New York, running against Lee Zeldin, and she's doing the same idiotic things that Glenn Youngkin did, except the issue isn't education and parents' rights, it's crime. Now, keep in mind, and I want to read this section of the Washington Examiner story. Now, Hochul has done something very similar in New York. The big issue in this case is a ubiquitous sense of threat felt by peaceful and law-abiding citizens because crime is surging. The concern is spread statewide. 
but most acute in left liberal New York City, where robbery has increased by 38% in the past year, grand larceny by 35%, and burglary by 31%. Numbers like those will depress turnout for Democrats, where they most need the enthusiasm. But, in a recent debate, in a recent gubernatorial debate, Zeldin talked of a crime emergency in New York, and not just New York City, whole, the whole state of New York, and said the state's voters are, quote, not being represented by this governor, Hochul, who still, to this moment, hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Now, that's the setup that Zeldin made. Now, Hochul, who is probably one of the most... I mean, I wish she was blonde because it's like... Because at least she'd have a reason to be a ditz. Yes, I know. I'm going to get mail for that, but I don't care. But this woman is a full-on ditz. What she did in response to Zeldin's statement is so revealing, so shocking, it, it would make any normal, sane, fair-thinking person just drop their jaw in absolute amazement, and not in a good way. Hochul's revealing and perhaps faithful reply was, quote, I don't know why that is so important to you, end quote. Now, holy cow, folks. A gubernatorial candidate in a state like New York is trying to figure out why crime is such a big deal? Hello? One, I've got family in New York. New York City, as a matter of fact. Got family on Staten Island. That, so I have a little bit of skin in the game. But just for the people of the entire state of New York, it's not just New York City. you got Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, other, states, other cities in upstate New York with increases in crime. And New York City has to be the gem of complete stupidity. Because Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan prosecutor who has been bought and paid for, he's a bought and paid for slave of George Soros. And yes, because he's, and it's not just because he's black, but Bragg is a complete progressive loon. Won't, has definitely said he's not going to arrest certain people for certain crimes. It's like, well, duh, when you've got a... <laughs> It makes the job of the NYPD that much harder because what's the what's the uh, the reason you know what's the oh gosh I can't even oh gosh this makes me so mad I just I get a little flummoxed but what's the reason why you go and arrest somebody who commits a crime and then have a prosecutor that won't prosecute because well we want to be fair and equitable oh BS. Complete and total BS. Oh my gosh, people. This is why I used to... I don't go to New York anymore. I don't want to go to New York anymore. I used to love New York City. I used to absolutely love it. I went... The last time I was there was in 2003. Uh, had a wonderful... Had a wonderful time there for about a, a week or so. Uh, seeing the city and seeing all the things that Rudy Giuliani had done and... Uh, made the city a whole lot more fun. I had a great time in Times Square, walking around Manhattan. But now, I don't want to go anywhere near it. 
because it is run by loons. And the things that are going on in New York, drive-by shootings, random assaults on all kinds of people, uh, elderly people, women, uh, and all of that, just because, they, just because these idiots, these Neanderthalic morons, and, and sadly, too many of them are black, and, and to doing all this idiotic stuff. Just idiotic stuff. It is lawlessness on steroids. And anybody who comes into agreement with that is just as dangerous. Just as dangerous. So here's Kokel wanting to be governor and trying to figure out why it's a big why crime is such a big deal to people like Lee Zeldin. Oh my gosh. So yeah. And there were, and in the, and I love what they do in the story, and it's a great breakdown. After the statement that Hochul made, first and first, it identifies the Republican as the candidate who wants to hold criminals accountable for wrongdoing and punish them with jail time. Second, Hochul's phrasing, though common, was clumsy. She intended to express contempt for the person who disagreed with her, but what she actually said was that it was she, not he, who didn't understand. We've all been in arguments where our antagonist thinks he or she looks smart by saying, I don't understand why. But it's odd to, be it's odd to believe this reflects badly on any per anyone but the person saying it. Are New Yorkers supposed to admire Hochul for her bewilderment? That's a good question that the writer makes. But third, and I love it, and perhaps most importantly, Hochul admitted not only did she that she does not understand and Zeldin does, but by failing to understand after being in office for more than a year, during which crime was on the front page every day, she implicitly also admitted that she has not been listening to voters. Hello. Right there. If you've got huge problems like this and you're not listening to the voters, you're, you're, you're just off in your own world and you just don't get it. You haven't found the connect in your brain. This is why Zeldin right now uh, is absolutely right on Hochul's tail in the, in the most recent polling by Trafalgar. You know, yes, she might be ahead, but, she, but Zeldin is getting a lot of help. Uh, the uh, the RNC has come in to help with some money. Governor, our, my beloved governor, Governor DeSantis, went up and did a rally with Zeldin up in New York. Now, wow, you've got to be doing pretty okay to get Governor DeSantis to come to an event. You you really do. So yeah, he's trying to help uh, Lee Zeldin because a lot of the people who are moving here to Florida are coming from New York. Hey, let's get a governor in there that's going to actually clean up the streets. Get rid of Alvin Bragg as the incompetent prosecutor that he is. So, hey, love it, love it, love it. So, I mean, that, that's a great story, hearing that. But in a similar story, just kind of transitioning here, The Atlantic Magazine, who, <laughs> who yesterday, or at least a couple of days ago, printed the most idiotic story, and, and I will get to that, uh, about, let's have a, 
pandemic amnesty. And believe me, I got a rant on that here in a few minutes. But in a similar story uh, from the Atlantic, and this is really funny. It's kind of funny to me anyway, because I read the headline, Democrats keep falling for superstar losers. And the guy who wrote the story is a guy named Jacob Stern. But I, and I love this, uh, how <laughs> some of these Democrats are more famous for losing than winning. And, and, and I love how it starts. And, I'll re and I just want to read a little bit of this. In the early 2000s, the Japanese racehorse Haru Urara became something of an international celebrity. This was not because of her prowess on the track. Just the opposite. Haru Urara had never won a race. She was famous for not for winning, but for losing. And the longer her losing streak stretched, the more famous she grew. She finished her career with a pervasively pristine record, zero wins, 113 losses. American politics doesn't have anyone quite like Haru Urara, but it does have Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams. The two Democrats are among the country's best-known political figures, better known than almost any sitting governor or U.S. senator. Uh, I would, as a side note, I would beg to differ. Uh, Ron DeSantis is pretty much a rock star. And yes, Carrie Lake, when she becomes governor of Arizona, she's already a rock star. All she has to do is just come across the finish line, get elected, and then Arizona gets real fun in a hurry. But I digress. And they have become so well known, not by winning big elections, but by losing them. <laughs> yep, that's O'Rourke and Abrams. I mean, Beto the Bozo, Mr. Cultural Appropriation, Mr. Robert Francis O'Rourke, right now is getting several anatomical parts handed to him in the Texas governor's race. Uh, governor Abbott's looking real good for getting reelected uh, in six days. But Beto is just, um, Beto is a bozo. He's a clown. He's a caricature. His, he did not help himself when he interrupted the governor's news conference in Uvalde, Texas, just what? Less than 48 hours after the horrendous massacre had taken place, and it was a political stunt. And he just made himself look like an absolute fool. And that did not help him one bit. Now, Stacey Abrams over in Georgia, she's running again for the governorship of Georgia. Uh, and she just got, she's, she's a wackadoodle. I mean, first of all, with this claim of, well, the election was stolen. This was back in 2018, folks. This was before 2020. And she claimed that the election was stolen. And nobody in the media ever called her an election denier. Oh, no, if anything, they just felt so sorry for little Stacey Abrams. No, little Stacey Abrams had all this star power within the black community. I mean, she had Oprah Winfrey campaign with her. She had a Barack Obama campaign with her. And the dipstick still lost. Fair and square. 
no matter what she says. So, yeah, she, she's a wackadoodle, and she didn't even help herself this go-around with that notorious and infamous statement of saying that a fetal heartbeat at the six-week mark is a manufactured sound so that men, male doctors can control women's bodies. What kind of supposedly intelligent person says something that stupid? I mean, it's not speculation. This is scientific fact. Okay? You want to talk about follow the science? Well, follow this science. And this comes from OBGYNs, men and women. This is provable. Okay? We have the technology now to hear a baby's heartbeat. So, once again, no wonder people like Stacey Abrams is getting her several anatomical parts handed to her by the people of Georgia. And her screams and her protestations, methinks thou dost protest too much, about voter suppression when this year for the midterms, record, I mean, record-setting early voter turnout in Georgia. This woman cannot and should not be trusted. She can't be taken seriously. And for those who do take her seriously, I would highly recommend a mandatory drug test and psychiatric eval because y'all are nuts. Seriously nuts. But, oh man, this is just insane. But I, but I love the story, though. It's kind of like, yeah, this Democrat way out in left field love affair with superstars who end up blowing themselves up politically. I, I think it's funny, but hey, what can you do, folks? But really, but I definitely want to get into this story. This is stinking huge from Revolver News, and I've put a link to the story on inblackandright.net, right on the homepage. <clears throat> because this is interesting. For those who are still obsessed with the false narrative about January 6th and what happened with Paul Pelosi, uh, this is amazing. Uh, Revolver News did this story. And of course, you know, the mainstream media will never do this because they are essentially... It's still heavily in their incestuous relationship with the Democrat Party and provide talking points and cover. And it's not really helping this time. And especially when you're talking January 6th. But, oh man, I would recommend, because this story is going to be way too long and way too involved for me to get into it. Uh, at least for today. I might have to do like a separate live stream on that one. But I would recommend go to inblackandright.net. It's right there. on. You don't have to scroll down all that far uh, to find it. There's a link to it. And you can read the Revolver story. And it has to deal with the, apparently the pipe bomb that was supposedly planted right near DNC headquarters in uh, Washington. And just some of the, 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 it gets a little technical uh, as far as what happened, but apparently there is some sort of uh, 
the, the video. And that is just, apparently has been tampered with. And the FBI would not be, is not really forthcoming as to the video that was there of, that apparently did catch a picture of the supposed pipe bomber that left the package there, and it was supposed, apparently, according to the media, it was with live explosives, but there are just way too many questions with no answers, and the FBI, otherwise known as the American KGB, is not forthcoming in this. So, I would definitely recommend, take a look at the story, find the link on our homepage, or, or if you've got Revolver News, Go for it. I've placed links to it also on our Getter page, Parlor page, uh, Getter, Parlor, True Social, and uh, True Patriot Network. So yes, there you can get the story uh, and read it for yourself in great in detail at your own pace. But I'll tell you, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a trip and a half uh, as you're reading this. And finding out, wait a minute, why isn't the FBI, you know, forthcoming in a lot of this? And I think this might help you uh, discover some of the answers as to the why. But yeah, folks, uh, it's pretty nutty. But I want to end up just today a little bit with the story that I talked about yesterday. And this is the story from the Atlantic from this goofball professor from Brown University, Emily Oster. Yeah, uh, I've got the link to it also on the homepage, uh, the original story, but apparently, <laughs> woo, baby, this uh, Emily Oster, this professor, has now gotten a really strong lesson in a thing called blowback, because the outrage that came her way for this suggestion of amnesty for these pandemic authoritarians, whoo, the girl got a lot of, oh man, oh, she got some serious blowback from this. Uh, just and, and you can find the story on zerohedge.com. Uh, I found this story, but oh man, <laughs> just the, whew, just the last, just the first couple of paragraphs of this, and it's real short. The Atlantic has come under fire for suggesting that all the terrible pandemic era decisions over lockdown, school closures, masking, and punishing an entire class of people who questioned the efficacy and wisdom of taking a rushed experimental vaccine for a virus with a 99% survival rate in most, should all be water under the bridge. Now apparently, this Professor Emily Oster from Brown was a huge proponent of lockdowns. Yes, lockdowns. And I've said it myself. After two and a half years of this nonsense, where I've had friends of mine who have died or almost died from this thing, the lockdowns, the lockdown loons, the COVID crazies, the mask Nazis, 
the full-blown mask holes that we've had to deal with and all over the country, ex ex for the exception of Florida. Now, Governor DeSantis, being the leader that he is, he knew he was going to get a whole bunch of crap. He was going to take a whole bunch of incoming. But he's a Navy veteran. He can handle. But yes, this lunacy of this woman to suggest that the people who told us that if you don't agree with this, you're a science denier, you're horrible, you're terrible, you should die, you should get no health care, the Fauci worship, the goof-ups of the CDC and Walensky, and then, of course, you've got Francis Collins and what he did when he was running the National Institutes of Health and everything else, and you want a, and you want a truce? No! What I'd love to give you is a good swift kick in the butt and probably get taken out to the woodshed for everything that you've done to kids, that you've done to the economy, to small business owners, to people who you didn't who you disagreed with, and the ill will that you spoke upon them like a curse? No! I'm not going to give you a break, Emily Oster, or any of your fellow travelers. Sorry, I lived through it, and I had to deal with all kinds of people. Some absolute wackadoodles, and you even turned some of my own family into COVID crazies, you and all your friends. I took that real damn personal, okay? So, Emily Oster, you stay there in your nice little academic bubble there at Brown University, and sit down have a Prozac, and shut your pie hole. There are people who are still dealing with the effects of you and all your, base, and all your messed up friends. So no, you're not going to get a truce. You're not going to get really a whole lot of empathy and sympathy from me. You might get it from other people, but no. You people, no. Uh, we knew a lot of the science. And there were others who knew a lot about the real science. But no, you had to just go for the whole Fauci line. And I sincerely hope that narcissistic piece of crap gets pulled up before Congress, House and Senate. Because that man has got some serious explaining to do. And not just him. His whole stinking family has got some explaining to do. And how they benefited from this. Because Fauci's leaving $5 million richer than when he started. So yeah. We're going to definitely have to get to that. So no, Emily Oster, no. You're not going to get any mercy from me. You're just going to get probably looked at funny and probably smacked upside the head for being such an elitist jerk. Because I got real mad, really mad during this, because I couldn't go anywhere without people getting all freaked out and asking me, saying, you, you, you got to put your mask over your nose. And I pretty much told them, go pound sand. I'm breathing. I need to breathe. And that's when I had a heart condition. I needed to breathe. I was recovering, still recovering, and dealing with the effects of a stroke. I needed damn oxygen. And for anybody to tell me that, oh, no, I can't do that, screw you and the horse you rode in on. 
So yeah, I'm really mad about this. And to even suggest this, after we're still, in some cases, with some people, I mean, I saw the death of friends. It's like, no, you're not getting, you're not getting a truce. You're not getting an amnesty. You're going to be held to account. And dang it, if it costs me the rest of my life, if anybody wants to say anything this stupid, I will call you on it. Because I'm tired of this foolishness. I mean, even when I came to Florida last year, there were still places that made you wear a mask. And some that still do. I say, uh, hell no. And most of it is doctor's offices. I said, uh-uh, this is foolishness. I'm not going to do it. I came to Florida because there was freedom here. It was mask optional. Now, some people do, and I see them, and that's their choice. But if you're going to tell me I have to wear one, I'm going to tell you uh, not in this life nor the next. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm... Ugh. Yeah, I'm just going to finish my rant for the day. But doggone it, that for anybody to do or suggest something like this is stupidity on steroids. And sorry, not my thing. Now, I understand about forgiveness. I do. But to forgive this? Mm, nope, sorry. I'm not going to be that Christian about it. Sorry. Don't know what to tell you. But rant over, and I guess today, show's over, at least for today. But remember, six days, folks. Tomorrow, we're five days. We're in the home stretch. Let's bring it home, folks. We're going to do this, and I believe we can help save this country. And with that, take care, everybody. God bless. You can catch the audio version of the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. We are on all podcast platforms. Just subscribe and come along for the ride. So, so until tomorrow, my friends, take care, God bless, and remember, patriots come in all colors.